Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 281. It is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and SolarWinds attackers were lurking for years. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning and happy Tuesday. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be grand, just grand. And if you do it, it'll be grand. And wherever you're listening to this, if you Oh, I said that already. If you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type Get HIPAA Compliance into the search, join the group, learn HIPAA stuff. This is one of the few times we will not be sharing any HIPAA information. We do have lots of other stuff for you, though, so we're going to jump into it. We, of course, have some more SolarWinds stuff. I know you're excited about that. It's a, a learning opportunity for sure on this one. So, Microsoft releases security updates for Edge. Microsoft has released a security update to address multiple vulnerabilities in Edge. Attacker could exploit some of these vulnerabilities to take control of an affected system. So if you do, well, if you have Windows 10, you have Edge, so you should uh, you should update immediately. Uh, millions of social profiles leaked by Chinese data scrapers. This is on ThreatPost. There were 318 million records gleaned from Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It, that was the result of a cloud misconfig by social arcs more than 400 gigs of public and private profile data for 214 million social media users from around the world have been exposed to the internet including details for celebrities and social media influencers in the US and elsewhere so no one is excluded from this list uh, they scraped profiles the scraped profiles included 11,651,162 Instagram user profiles, 66,117,839 LinkedIn users, 81,551,567 Facebook user profiles, and 55,300,000 Facebook profiles that were deleted within a few hours after the open server was discovered. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but that that's what happened. Um, so, good chance your Facebook profile may have been exposed there. Not to be outdone, this is on cybernews.com. 70 terabytes of parlor user messages, videos, and posts leaked by security researchers. Uh, apparently, the way... I'm going to see if I, if I understand it because... Here it is. So, if you, if you look at a URL for a parlor, for a parlor... The URLs are sequentially, they they go up one after the other. So in other words, if I have, and I don't know the, the actual URLs, but let's say it's parlor.com or whatever it was, parlor.com because it is down now, but parlor.com slash video one, the next one is parlor.com slash video two and so forth. So there were, people were able to, determine URLs based on the way that they were um, the URLs were created because they were done sequentially basic elementary coding not that I'm a, a coder I'm not I know some but not enough to say that that's what I do because I don't um, that means that I don't know how many people were exposed here but let's see 
it says they have over 10 million or had over 10 million users um so potentially 10 million users information was exposed you can bet that they are not there are not just security researchers that were looking at this but also federal agencies because of some of the content that was exposed 70 terabytes is a lot of data though i don't know why maybe a lot of it was videos but that's a lot of data um it is exposed SolarWinds hack potentially linked to Turla APT. This is on threat posts. This is our first of, I believe, two SolarWinds uh, news items today. New details on the sunburst backdoor used in a sprawling SolarWinds supply chain attack potentially link it to previously known activity by Turla Advanced Persistent Threat APT group. Ironically, the, the researchers at Kaspersky is the one that help uncover code similarities between Sunburst and the Kauser backdoor. Kauser is a malware written using the .NET framework that was first reported by Palo Alto in 2017, though its development goes back to 2015. Um, Turla is, if I'm not mistaken, a Russian group that is state-backed, and I'm looking for evidence of that information now, and I don't see it in this... I don't see it in here, but if I'm not mistaken, Turla is somehow connected to Russia. Yes, yeah, so I quickly researched, and yes, it is it is tied to Russia, and it is state-sponsored, um, allegedly. So, as they've been saying now for weeks, that the SolarWinds compromise was ta was um, Russia was behind it. It is uh, it is appearing to be more and more the case again ironically Kaspersky which is also a Russian company is saying that it is Turla um, bleeping computer Microsoft Sysmon now detects malware process tampering attempts so if you're using Sysmon 13 you are now able to turn on a feature that will detect malware tampering attempts it's pr pretty easy to set up so it would be a good idea for some of us that use that as a method of system maintenance and system uh, in this case um, security to activate it that is on bleep a computer also on bleep a computer mac malware users run only apple scripts to evade analysis a cryptocurrency and this is something that happens with microsoft too sometimes but a cryptocurrency mining campaign targeting mac os is using malware that has evolved into a complex complex variant giving researchers a lot of trouble analyzing the malware is tracked as OSA minor and has been in a while since at least 2015 yet analyzing it is difficult because payloads are exported as run only apple script files which makes decompiling them into source code a tall order so now um, it does help to evade detection according to sentinel one the second script is intended to prevent analysis and evade detection Supporting this conclusion is killing the activity monitor, which is equivalent of the task manager in Windows, likely to prevent users from checking the system's resource usage. Um, so in other words, it's it's killing the processes on the Mac computer. So if you're not familiar with Mac, the Mac computers use a resource monitor, which is very similar to task manager. You can see you know what what resources are using what uh, hardware components, and if one is taxing something, then you can you can turn it off same way you could in task manager 
This, however, kills its process, so it's harder to detect. Um, so have fun, Mac people. Bleeping Computer Dark Side Ransomware Decryptor recovers victims' files for free. Romanian cybersecurity firm Bitdefender has released a free decryptor for the Dark Side Ransomware to allow victims to recover their files without paying a ransom. So if you have the Dark Side Ransomware, um, you can now get a decryptor for free from Bitdefender, and that can be found on the Bitdefender website. So that's good news, right? United Nations data breach exposed over 100,000 UNEP staff records, also bleep a computer. This, yesterday, researchers have responsibly disclosed a security vulnerability by exploiting or being exploited that was exploited, which could access over 100,000 private employee records of United Nations Environmental Program. The data breached them from exposed Git directories, another one where GitHub was exposed or maybe it wasn't GitHub, but it was Git directory, and credentials which allowed the researchers to clone Git repositories and gather a large amount of personally identifiable information associated with UNEP employees. So this has nothing to do with the SolarWinds attack. This is something completely different. It sounds like, once again, a Git repository or multiple Git repositories that were not pr properly secured, and now somebody has 100,000 plus employee records for United Nations Environment Program. Networking giant ubiquity alerts customers of potential data breach. I'm going to tell you a little backstory here. They, in uh, one of the IT groups I belong to on Facebook, somebody shared a screenshot of the email that, that was sent out to them. Apparently not everybody that uses ubiquity got this email, but it was sent to them and the grammar is very poor in the email. And it was sent from a MailChimp account. So right away, most, most people in my field would say this is a phishing scam and it included links to change password and set up two-factor authentication. Um, most people would assume this was phishing, but it's not. It's not phishing. Um, they were, or they believe they were compromised. So a lot of Ubiquiti customers who are people in IT may have, have information at risk. Um, that will mean you need to change your password and, and probably activate two-factor authentication if you had not already. I'm not sure why any company, especially in the technology world, would not force two-factor authentication at this point. So that I'm not understanding. But Ubiquity alerts customers of potential data breach. If you are a customer of Ubiquity, you should change your password and activate two-factor authentication ASAP. And our uh, lead story tonight, or not our lead story, our main story tonight, third malware strain discovered in SolarWinds supply chain attack. This is on ZDNet CrowdStrike. One of the two security firms formally investigating the hack sheds some light on how hackers compromise the SolarWinds Ryan app build process. And this is actually pretty interesting. Um, cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike, one of the companies directly involved in investigating the SolarWinds supply chain attack, said today identified a third malware strain directly involved in the recent hack. So we knew of two already. Here's a third one. This one is called Sunspot. Finding This finding adds to the previously discovered Sunburst or Solar Gate, depending on who you're talking to, and Teardrop malware strains. But while Sunspot is the latest discovery in the SolarWinds hack, CrowdStrike said the malware was actually the first one used. 
In a report published today, CrowdStrike said the Sunspot was deployed in September of 2019. Now, we did hear rumors that um, the attackers were on SolarWinds network all the way back into 2019. And now one of the ways they got in is because the FTP account for management of, for connecting to the management server was SolarWinds123. Now that is not here in this article, but it's interesting that we are now confirming that this goes back more than, well, about a year and a half. The Sunspot malware was installed on SolarWinds build server, a type of software used by developers to assemble smaller components into larger software applications. CrowdStrike and Sunspot had said, I'm sorry, CrowdStrike said Sunspot had one singular purpose, namely to watch the build server for build commands that assembled Orion, one of the SolarWinds top products, an IT resources monitoring platform used by more than 33,000 customers across the globe. Once a build command was detected, the malware would silently replace source code files inside the Orion app with files that loaded the Sunburst malware, resulting in Orion app versions that also installed the Sunburst malware. These trojanized Orion clients eventually made their way on, uh, way on to SolarWinds official update servers and were installed on the networks of the company's many customers. Once this happened, the Sunburst malware would activate inside internal networks of companies and government agencies where it would collect data on its victims and then send information back to SolarWinds hackers. Uh, apparently this was done via DNS requests. Threat actors would then decide if a victim was important enough to compromise and would deploy the more powerful teardrop backdoor Trojan on these systems while at the same time instruct Sunburst to delete itself from networks it deemed insignificant or too high risk. Apparently they didn't think too high risk for federal agencies. So, However, the revelation that the third malware strain was discovered in the SolarWinds attack is one of three major updates that came to light yesterday about this incident. In a separate announcement published on its blog, SolarWinds also published a timeline of the hack. The Texas-based software provider said that before the Sunburst malware was deployed to customers between March and June of 2020, hackers also executed a test run between September and November of 2019. The subsequent October 2019 version of the Orion platform release appears to have contained modifications designed to test the perpetrator's ability to insert code into our builds. SolarWinds CEO Sudokar Ramakrishna said, today in an assessment also echoed by the CrowdStrike report. On top of this, security firm Kaspersky also published its own findings earlier in the day in a separate report. Kaspersky, which was not part of the formal investigation of SolarWinds attack but still analyzed the malware, said that it looked into the Sunburst malware source code and found code overlaps between Sunburst and Kauser, a strain of malware linked to the Turla group, Russia's, which we just talked about, Russia's most sophisticated state-sponsored cyber espionage outfit. I guess I should have just waited till I got to this article. Kaspersky was very careful in its language today to point out that it found only code overlaps, but not necessarily that it believes that the Turler group orchestrated the SolarWinds attack. The security firm claimed the code overlap could be the result of SolarWinds hackers using the same coding ideas, buying malware from the same coder, coders moving across different threat actors, or could simply be a false flag operation meant to lead security firms on the wrong path. But while security firms have stayed away from attribution last week, U.S. government officials formally blamed the SolarWinds hack on Russia, describing the hackers as likely Russian in origin. The U.S. government's statement did not pin the hack on a specific group. Some news outlets pinned the attack on a group known as APT29 or Cozy Bear, but all the security firms and the security researchers involved in the hack have pleaded for caution and have been very timid about formally attributing 
the hack to a specific group so early in the investigation. Right now, SolarWinds hackers are tracked under different names such as UNC2452, that's according to FireEye and Microsoft, which were both compromised as a result, Dark Halo by Velexity, and Stellar Particle by CrowdStrike, and so Velexity and CrowdStrike are the two cybersecurity firms that are doing the investigation. But this designation is expected to change once companies learn more. Right now, one last mystery remains, and that is how did the SolarWinds hackers manage to breach the company's network in the first place and install the Sunspot malware? Was it an unpatched VPN, an email spear phishing attack, a server that was left exposed online with a guessable password? So those last two were um, rumors for a little while now. There was rumors of a phishing, a successful phishing attack, and there's also a rumor of a guessable password, again, being SolarWinds123. So, again, we will update when more becomes available, but if they were compromised because of a weak password or a phishing attack it just goes to show how basic security can lead to so much damage if it's not followed and it is something that no matter how big or small your business is you need to think about do you have phishing mitigation in place are you using complex passwords are you why would you even be using ftp if that was an ftp um, connection um, these are all things that need answers and these are all things we will we will answer as far as this attack is concerned, but if you are using any of these things in your environment, then you and you really need to to think again because you are at risk. That's going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.